0: All right, how are we doing this morning? Good, good. If you have your Bibles, grab those. We're going to be in Psalm chapter one. Psalm chapter uh, one. once want to say happy Father's Day. Excited that you are here this morning um, and love being, being a father. I've got three boys, um, and so there is never a dull moment in the Miller house. Um, and I'll say this, outside of marriage, I don't know of anything else that God has used in man, uh, just ways to shape and mold me. Uh, all the more into His image, uh, that that the Holy Spirit has just pressed upon me. The lessons that I've learned from being a dad, uh, and even the lessons that I've learned from from my boys, from my kids, um, how God has just used that to shape and mold and to teach um, Like a lot of patience. I thought that I was a patient person, and then um, you have kids, and you learn that there's a lot more in there that God has to work and do. Um, to be gracious, to be loving. I mean, just, just a number of things that God has used. And so love being a dad, and he's taught me a ton. And so for us here at New Life, we are thankful for dads. We are grateful for dads and love being able to just um, love on, share with, um, and encourage. And so I hope, I hope that you feel that way this morning, um, and we are grateful that you are uh, with us. And so this morning, there's not a, a kitschy little Father's Day sermon. There's not um, a specific uh, just push and bent toward it. For me, my take has always been this the word of God is sufficient and enough, uh, whether you're a dad uh, or whether you're a mom, whether you don't have kids, whether you have uh, whatever you have um, dogs, whatever. Um, the, the, like that's anyways. But um, the, the word of God is sufficient and enough. And so for, for me, and my heart's always been let's go to his word. And let His Word do work in us, and through us, and with us. And let the Holy Spirit uh, kind of navigate that. And so, um, this morning there may be little bits and pieces where kind of reference, but but for the most part, we're in the summer in the Psalms, and Psalm chapter one happened to be the scripture that we are going to be looking at this morning. And so, um, we're going to walk through that and let let God do what God does, let the Holy Spirit work and move and encourage and convict and draw and a number of things that He has promised. And I have no doubt that He. Uh, will do that. And so one of the things that you'll see here right at the very front of this, it says, blessed is the man. And so I just want to let you know up front that it's not limited only to man, but it's uh, just a a term for people. Um, Blessed are those. And so uh, you could read it like that. Um, And so it's not, again, not just a push only men here, but it's a push for God's people here. And this is what blessed means. And so we'll walk through some of that here uh, shortly in Psalms 1. And so just, just, this is what we're going to be looking at. This is going to be kind of the two points that we will, we will push this morning or look at this morning. Is We're going to define blessed. Uh, I believe that we need to do that often and always uh, when we approach that in the Scriptures. And then what we will do after that, we're going to look at the healthy desire of one that is blessed. We're going to define blessed, and we're going to look at that healthy desire for one that is blessed, what that means, um, and, and just dive in there. So I'm going to ask you to join me as we pray, and then we will continue on in Psalm chapter 1. Father, help us this morning hear from you. Father, help us this morning to still our hearts, still our wandering minds. God, help us to get our attention and focus just solely on you. Father, I pray that everything that we've done here this morning uh, has led up to that. I pray that everything we've done here this morning has has reoriented us and brought us back to the reason that we gather in this place, is to celebrate all that you are and all that you've done. And so, Lord, I just pray, Father, this morning that if there be one here that don't know you, God, that you would save uh, Father, that you would rescue and redeem and that you would uh, make that heart aware of their need for you. And, and Father, if there be one here this morning that's hurting, that needs encouragement, God, that you would encourage like only you can. Father, I pray that comes through your word, through your Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, I pray for conviction. Lord, we need conviction in our life. Uh, and so, Father, I just pray for that, 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 that reminder of your standard and your expectation for us, Father, and that in that, that, that conviction would draw us back to you. Father, we, we love you, we need you, we thank you. Father, we celebrate you this morning in this place. You alone are worthy of all praise, all glory, all honor. In your name we pray, amen. All right, Psalm chapter one. Um, It's considered to be a a wisdom psalm here, uh, and it functions really as an introduction to the entire book of Psalms. Uh, And and so it's theme here in Psalm 1 aligns perfectly with really the entirety of Scripture. You're going to uh, see it point to people, it's going to point to some paths, and it's going to point uh, to eternity. So it really sums up the totality of Scripture in, in a beautiful, good way here. And so uh, let's dive in. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. It says, "Blessed." And so, when we see the word "blessed," there, uh, I just believe because of the culture and day that we live in, we need to really define this. We need to we need to walk through. We need to look at. We need to dive in a little bit and pull back the curtain and see what God's really trying to say, what He's wanting to to do and accomplish here uh, in this psalm, and especially with with this word. And so, uh, "blessed" just simply means this. It means happy, fortunate, privileged. Uh, it means joy. That that's what it means. So here in Psalms, chapter 1, verse 1, right out of the gate, the psalmist says blessed. And then he's going to define or tell about someone who is blessed. But uh, I think it's just imperative that we do work here. Because we live in a day and age that has robbed us of the true meaning of this. We live in a day and an age in a culture that has, has hijacked this, this word from us, that has, has taken it and made it to mean all of the things that's really not. And so when we see this word here in Scripture, uh, blessed means joy. And joy is not based upon circumstances or situations, but instead it's rooted in contentment that's found only in Christ only in God. That's what the psalmist is talking about. That is one that is blessed, who is who is satisfied and content in the Lord. It, it's not this emotionally driven type thing. It's not It's not shallow. It's not happiness because what we know about happiness is that happiness is fleeting. I mean, we're happy one moment, we're not happy one moment. And, and it can happen in a span of 30 seconds, less than that even. Just a pinch what happens around us in a moment, and that is not what the psalmist is talking about. He is talking about uh, uh, the one that has joy not based upon circumstances and situations, but rooted in the reality of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for us, what he has accomplished by way of the cross. So I believe that adds a little bit of tension, especially in our day and age, because what I would say and what I would argue is that joy is only found and present in Christians. Joy is only found, and it's only present in Christians. And, and I know the rub whenever I make that comment. I, I know the, the thought that, 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 that comes with that statement there. I know the, I know the argument. And, and I would probably readily agree with you, man. I know plenty of Christians who say they're Christians that appear not to have very much joy in their life. And, and, and I'm right there with you. And I would probably even go as far as to say if you would follow me around sometimes, it would appear that I don't have joy in my life from time to time. I mean, we can get real fast looking at things that we shouldn't be looking at that beat us up, drag us down, wear us out. And so that's why it's so important that we listen to, not just listen to, but we follow out in glad obedience what the psalmist is going to tell us here shortly. But, but I would agree that, that, that it would appear that, that. This is my pushback to that response or that, that statement is this. First, are they really Christians? I mean, are they really believers? And I know that, that, that I'm making a statement upon which I have no authority to, to, to say yes they are or no they're not. I mean, I have things that we can look at, things that we can see and point to that would uh, uh, lend us to fall in one place or another, whether, yeah, they, they appear to be a believer, there's fruit in their life that, pro- that is produced by what appears to be uh, a life of repentance, uh, a glad joy and obedience to God's word, uh, uh, things that they are doing that would point back to the realities of who God is, his nature, his character, being obedient. So we can look at those type of things to try to figure out and see if they are. But, but are, they, are they really, are they believers? Are they Christians? And I'm not talking about the way that we define it in the South because somebody's went to church or because somebody knows a Bible verse or because somebody uh, can, can quote a little something here or there or will we'll make it up with, with their church attendance from time to time. I'm talking about are they, are they really a Christian as the Scripture defines what it means to be a believer? As, as what we see in the Scriptures of, of faith and belief in Jesus Christ and who he is and what he has done and accomplished on the cross. His sacrifice, his payment for sin. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, mean, there's a ton of people, if you were to ask them that question, hey, are you a Christian? Yeah, man. Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. I mean, everybody will believe in Jesus. Everybody will, not everybody, the majority of people you probably run into or bump into day to day will say, yeah, man, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But, But is that belief equivalent to salvation? Does that belief that they say, yes, I believe in Jesus, does it look like and does it point to what we see in the scriptures of somebody who believes in Christ? I mean, is there a glad obedience to God's word? Is there a longing and desire and yearning to grow in God, to know God, a love for God? Is there those type of things, a, a life of repentance, confession of sin? I mean, do we see those type of things in their life? Not Yeah, yeah I believe. And they go on about their day, live life however they want to live life, do whatever they want to do. But I go to church on Sunday sometimes. That is not belief into salvation. That is not faith. Because you can say the name of Jesus does not make you saved. And so that's my first pushback. Are, are they truly a, a believer? Are they born again? And then the second question I always ask is this, Is is there sin present in their life that prevents them from knowing and walking in joy? Is there something else in their life that is louder than the voice of God that mutes the reality of what God has said and the truth that he has placed in us by way of the reality of who Christ is and what he's accomplished and done? Because what I've learned in my life, if there is sin and things that, that, that mute the voice of God, it is very, very hard for me to be joyful. If I'm living in sin or being rebellious or, or doing things that don't honor God or walk in obedience to, to what God has said and commanded, it is very hard for me to land and be and appear as one that has joy. Now, the reality is I do because of who I am in him, even in my rebellion. I do, but I'm not living it out. I'm not uh, walking in it like I should, and I'm not attuned to it like I should be. So that's always my pushback. Yeah, I would, I would really agree that there's some that would appear not to, but we should and we can. And, and where I land anyways, as I look at Scripture and read Scripture and see Scripture, the, the only people that can really have joy is Christians. The reason why I say that is because when you look at the fruit of the Spirit over in Galatians 5, what do we know about that? That the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Pay. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And so who produces fruit of the Spirit? Only those who have the Holy Spirit dwelling and alive in them, right? And the only people who have the Holy Spirit alive in them uh, that has taken up residence and and, and has the Holy Spirit in them are, are believers. So we get the Holy Spirit indwelling us at conversion, at salvation. And as a result of that, our attitude, our heart, our longings, our desires, everything changes to match that and to point to that of Jesus, that of God, And so as a result of him being in us, we're going to produce who he is and what he is and and the fruit of the Spirit. One of those is joy. And so so we're going to produce, joy is going to be evident in our life if we are born again. That's what we know to be true from the Scriptures. So we have that, that's in us. And so right out of the gate, that's where the psalmist goes, blessed. Blessed is, that's that's what he says, and he uses that word and he connects it to the ever-present contentment regardless of circumstances that's only found in a right standing with God. And I believe that we need to be reminded of that often. Because we live in a day that beats us up and wears us out. We live in a day where we're so uh, uh, drawn away by everything else. We are so attention-driven. We are so, attention, uh, uh, driven. We are so uh, it's got to be flashy. It's got to be entertaining. It's got to be this. It's got to be that. And, 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 and as a result, we're, we're getting pounded on. Oh, excuse me, sorry. Alarm going off. We're getting pounded on constantly. And so as we're getting pounded on constantly, it takes our focus off of the reality of who we are in Christ and what he's done. And so we have to get our eyes, we have to get our heart back on that. We need to be reminded of that. Hey, we should be the most joyful people on the planet. We should be the people that everybody else wants to be around. Now, they may not understand us, they may not like us, they may not get us, but, but there should be a draw because of the, the, the joy and optimism that's within us as a result of who Christ is and what He's accomplished. So he goes on and says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits at the seat of scoffers. So the three functions here, they describe walks, stands, and sits. And what it does is it just emphasizes actions that are not aligned with how the people of God live. They're not aligned with how the one that is blessed is to live, is to be, is to function. That's what it's doing. He's describing, you're blessed, you don't do this. As as being blessed and being rooted in who Christ is and what he's accomplished and done. Being rooted in the reality that's only found in forgiveness through him. You you don't live this way. You don't go this way. You don't be this way. See, what it means is simply this, is that the the righteous avoid thinking like, behaving like, and identifying with those described in this verse. That's what he's talking about here. Now, don't don't hear what I'm not saying. What, What I'm not saying is this, is that we're not to be around. That's not what this verse means. When he says, uh, uh, who walks not in the council, I'm not going to go to the world and ask for advice. I'm not going go to go the, to the lost people in my life and be like, hey, man, how would, you, how would you interpret this? How would you go with this? What should I do in this situation? Uh, like, like their thinking, their standards are not even aligned with, with where mine's at. So, so I'm not going to go to that place for advice. I'm not... Oh, that alarm. Gotta love it. Sorry. Well, anyways, um... I should be up by now, right? I mean, goodness, it's 1038, good lands. Walks not in the council, I'm not going to walk in the council of. I'm not going to stand in the way. So I'm not going to stand alongside with, them. I'm not going to approve of, I'm not going to uh, be in the, the midst of what they're doing that's anti or opposed to. I'm not, I'm not going to live that way or be that way. A blessed man doesn't do that or, or sits in the seat of scoffers. I'm not going to pull up the chair and be in the middle of it and join in with the scoffing, with the, with the, the, the beating up and beating down of. That's, that's what he is saying here. So for those of us who are believers in Christ, we don't think like, we don't behave like, we don't identify with. But it's not saying that we're not around. It's not saying that we don't uh, deal with. It doesn't say that we try to influence and reach those who are far from God. It's this thought of we're in but not of. We're in the world, and we need to know something. We're not going to catch sin from sinners. Like that. that's, that's our nature and character by default. Now we get a new one when we're born again, and when we become a Christian, we, we get a new heart, we get a new nature that's, that's bent toward God, that's, that's still fighting the desires of the flesh, so, so that's still there, it's a battle, that's why you see Paul uh, talk about crucifying the flesh, dying daily to self, you, you, you see that type of verbiage in the New Testament, but we're in, but we're not of, so we're, we're around trying to be an influence, trying to be a light in a dark world, and what I've come to learn is simply this, is that we will not reach the world being like the world, It's just not going to happen. You're not going to reach the world being like the world, thinking like the world, behaving like the world, identifying like the world. So if you did something Friday night with a bunch of buddies at the wherever, drinking whatever, doing whatever, talking however, that's anti or doesn't align itself that you would not be willing to do here this morning in this place, then there's probably a problem is what I'm saying you're not going to have the influence in their life or the, 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 um, the listenability that you'll bring if you're doing that and living that way that's anti and contrary to, to what we see in the scriptures. It's us being different. It's us being peculiar that draws people. Th- that's what it is. It's us responding in a way that's different than the world. It's us living in a way that's different than the world. It's us playing in a way that's different. It's us uh, disciplining our kids, Excuse me, loving our kids that's different than the world, that's what draws them. It's us responding to the difficulties in life, different than the world does. Why? Because we have perspective. Yes, it's awful, and it's horrible, and I hate it, but I know what I've got. I've got Jesus, and that's enough. Regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation, it's us being different, and in that different, that's what's going to draw the world to us when we have the opportunity then to speak into and share why we're like we are, why we respond the way we respond. Then we can share why we're blessed, what that blessedness means. And so he goes on in verse 2 and he says this. He says, but his delight, but his delight. See, delight just simply means this. It just simply means pleasure or enjoyment. That's what it means, pleasure or enjoyment. But this is where he's going to get pleasure from. This is where he's going to really fully get enjoyment from. This is what he says. He's, he says, blessed is the man who doesn't do this, but, but he's going to do this. This is where his delight's going to come from. His enjoyment's going to come from. Not doing this stuff, but doing this stuff is what he says. His delight is what? In the law of the Lord. That's what he says. Where he gets enjoyment, where he gets delight is from the law of the Lord. Now, what is the law of the Lord? Here in this setting, it's going to be the Torah, and the Torah is the book of laws, the first five books of the Bible. That's what it is. They don't—they don't have the scriptures readily available like we do. So it's not. Um, so that's what they have. They—they they have the law, and not every. Ha- they didn't have it in their houses. They weren't—they weren't able just to run down to the bookstore and get a print. They didn't have a digital version on their iPad, uh, tucked in the back. Of their cam- they, they didn't have any of that stuff. They, they had to go to the temple. They had to. They, sorry, get lands. We'll get there. Um, they didn't—they didn't have all that stuff. They'd have to go to the temple, and they'd have to proclaim, or they'd have to uh, uh, memorize it, they'd have to uh, think upon it, they'd have to jot it down. And so, what he's saying is, his delight, his enjoyment, his pleasure comes from what? Comes from God's word. Comes from God's word. Um, I, I don't know about you, but but I mean, I, I enjoy and delight and get pleasure from so many things in this world. And I'm not talking like the like bad stuff. Like I'm just I'm, I'm just talking about like tacos. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I. You know you laugh because you know what I'm talking about, right? You, you, I mean, a, a, a steak cooked just right, medium rare. If it's mooing, I mean, if it's mooing, it's, just kind of get the moo out and we're good. I mean, that, it's just, if you have to overcook it, you're, anyways, but like, there's different things. Different things that I delight and enjoy brings me pleasure that are good and that are right. I, I don't, and I think this week as I was reading and as I was looking at this and just thinking through and praying through, I'm like, gosh. Talk about conviction. Where on that list of things, tacos, steak, my family, a nice summer afternoon, where on the list does God's word come in that? That that I would describe or I would say, man, that's a delight. Oh, man, that, that I enjoy and I get pleasure from just grabbing this book up, beginning to open it and read it, think about it, just, just, just I mean, give me this book under a tree for hours. And as I thought about this and read this, I'm like, I'm not there. Wow. I, I mean, where on the list would it fall for me in that reality? And what the psalmist is saying, blessed is the man who doesn't. Why? Because he's delighting and longing and enjoying and getting pleasure from God's word. God's word. And it's not like if this isn't enough. Look, look, at, the, look at the frequency that follows it. He says, uh, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and what on it he meditates, on his law he meditates day and night. That's what he does. The frequency of it. It's like he can't get enough of it. He's like, a, like a, an undernourished, malnourished guy that, that, that's starving to death on the streets, that's, 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 that's rummaging for food. Got to have something to sustain, to get, to, to, to feel this hunger pain. Day and night, he's, he's constantly in and around it and reading it and looking at it and got to have it. He, he meditates on it. What, what the heck is meditates? Meditates is this thought of murmur or reads aloud or ponders. He, he almost walks around looking like a crazy person is, what it, is, is the way that I read this. That's where his mind on God's word meditates day and night. What does that encompass? That encompasses every awakening moment is what it encompasses. Man, his delight, his longing, what brings him enjoyment is God's word. Having more of God's word. Meditating on God's word. Thinking about God's word. Ever having it before him, constantly looking at it, thinking about it, memorizing. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? It, it, it's, it's almost, it would almost be, be like this. Right, so, so I'm going to pick a verse I'm going to memorize. I'm going to pick a verse I'm just going to just concentrate on. So Psalm 1, or um, Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I'm just going to memorize that part. So I'm going to write it down. I'm going to put it everywhere before me, however, wherever, just so I can constantly see it, constantly have it before me. There it is. So it's, it's constantly there, whether I get in the car, whether I need to get um, some post-it notes and, and write it on some post-it notes and put it put it everywhere before me on my, on my mirror at the house. Oh, while I'm there on the mirror at the house, I'm going to put it um, in my bedroom right there next to my bed. I'm going to put it next to my bed. I'm going to put it um, uh, right here in the kitchen. In on the uh, uh, the the microwave and the refrigerator, I'm gonna put it. I mean, I'm gonna put it everywhere. I need it everywhere because I want it before me, always, so I can see it. So I'm gonna jot it down, and so I've got the first part. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not shall not want. And then, what does he uh, What does he do? I'm just gonna put it everywhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna write it. I'm gonna have it everywhere, so I don't forget it, so I can see it. So it, I mean, I pretty much trip over it. I pretty much have it uh, before me, ever always. And then, I'm, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a copy of God's word. I'm gonna carry it with me. I mean, I know we got our phones, and our phones is great. If that's if that's what we're going to carry, that's what we're going to carry. Take it, but, but man, to have His Word before me, to, to have it in front of me, it's it's almost this thought of of, of this, this thought of here as I'm I'm murmuring or I'm reading it aloud. I'm like I'm just as I'm walking around wherever I go. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, who's the, God, God is my shepherd. God is good. God is faithful. What is a shepherd? God is my shepherd, so God's my shepherd, a shepherd. What does a shepherd do? Shepherd watches over the flock. Shepherd takes care of his sheep. Oh man, the Lord is my shepherd. There it is. The Lord's my shepherd, he's gonna take care of his flock. I'm a part of his flock. I'm, I'm a part of him. I'm in him. The Lord is my shepherd. He's not just a shepherd of some. He's my shepherd. God is my shepherd. What do I know about the shepherd? He's a good shepherd is what I know about it. A shepherd's going to take care of his flock. The shepherd's going to guard his flock. The shepherd's going to nourish his flock. The shepherd's going to feed his flock. The shepherd's going to stand up for his flock. The, the, the shepherd's going to lay his life down for his flock if he has to. Man, he is my shepherd. He's my sustainer. He's my everything. And so I constantly, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. the Lord. We almost look like, like, like we're nuts, even more so than we already are. We're just, we're just constantly just walking around saying and thanking it and, and, and trying to memorize it and get it in our heart. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I can He's my shepherd. God cares for so much so that anything I need in life I'm going to have. Because He's going to take care of me. Because that's what the shepherd does for sheep. And see, so I think the the problem is is that we have everything else buying for our time. Everything else happening and going on. We gotta catch up and see about other stuff, or we gotta check other stuff, or we gotta be uh, entertained by other stuff, or we've got to be distracted by things that aren't of any more greater importance than and be reminded of, man, gosh, look at what they're getting to do this summer. Oh, I know he's my shepherd. I just want to go to the... Oh, it's a big boat. A buffet! Oh, I want a buffet. Okay, okay, the Lord is my shepherd. We get so distracted and drawn away from. We look at and meditate on and are mesmerized by. We don't walk around like this. I mean, think about it for a minute. How many times in a day do you do you actually think about God's word? How many times in a day? Forget about think. Meditate on meditate. Is like okay, Lord, am I like we don't we don't just pull out our Bible app? We don't just pull out our Bible app and scroll to it and we get to it and the verse of the day. And He will turn the hearts of the fathers. Kids, stop. Baby, I want bacon. Okay, I did it. I'm good. I go, on, I go on the rest of my day never even referencing every, what did you, I don't, I don't, I don't even, I didn't even get to the reference of it. Dang, where was that at? It was good. I should have thought about it. I, I mean, how often is that the case for us? I mean, we, we, don't, we don't walk around like the, the concept, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord I mean, Don't even go into verse two yet where he leads you. Make you lay down by it. Don't, don't even worry about time. Let's just focus on verse. Let's think about verse one all week this week of Psalm 23. Let's, let's not move past this yet until we get this solidified in our heart. We get this just, just taking shape of who we are. That we're mesmerized and memorizing and we're thinking about it day and night and every, every time in between. I'm about to go into a meeting. and you know, what? The Lord's my shepherd. So he's going to lead me in that meeting. I know that I know that my emotions can get the best of me sometimes. I, know that I can get amped up. I know that I can act like this. I know that I can be like that. But the Lord is my shepherd. Got no one in that meeting. I'm fine. He, he's got this. He's going to work in me and through me. He's my shepherd. He's going to, he's, he's going to go before me. He, he's going to be in there and he's going to do a work that I, I'm, I'm going to pray and I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to, it, no matter how crazy the meeting may get. But 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 that's that's the picture that's being painted here. His delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law, he meditates day and night. Day and night. I mean, mean, if we were to pull up your phone, which you can do now, and you can monitor screen time. I know we want to do that for our kids, but let's talk about us adults for a moment. Is there more time on the screen on things that aren't geared toward this than things geared toward this. And if so, you wonder why you're not walking in joy. You wonder why you don't understand and don't feel that you're blessed. I mean, we're the most anxious generation ever. The the stress and the depression and the mental stuff that we go through in our day. And and I'm not, hear me, I'm not saying, oh, it's just, no, 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 there's things out there and there's medicines that we need to get that. You want to take some stress away from your life? Put your nose in the book. You want to find joy? Put your nose in the book and walk with the one that brings joy. You, you want to see things kind of start to fall away and worry start to uh, uh, just dissipate? Put your nose in the book and get around him. Know his heart. Know his thoughts about you. Know the realities of how he cares for you. He's your shepherd. And that shepherd is going to fight for and go after. That shepherd is going to guard and protect everything about you. Well, because the shepherd is God. That's who the shepherd is. That's who he's talking about. And so the picture painted here is, is that of one that's, that almost looks crazy out of his mind, constantly just walking around, thinking about Scripture, talking about Scripture to themselves. There are times my kids catch me, Dad, who are you talking to? Like I'm sitting up here in the Welcome Center this week studying a little bit, and, and the after school, they're coming around. They had water day, and they're coming around. And as they're coming around, I'm sitting up here, and I'm just talking. And the kid walks by, and she sees me, she's like, and she's just watching me talk, like have an animated, full conversation. Now, there was somebody in the corner that she couldn't see. But it's almost like that's how it should be. Who are you talking to, man? I'm talking to God. I mean, Me and the Lord, we just, we just, we just hammer things out where he's working in me and through me, and there's some stuff in me that he's, uh, he's my shepherd. I've tried to be the shepherd. I've tried to rule, uh, uh, rule the pen, and I've tried to take care of some things. And I've, no, no, he's the shepherd. And, and so he's reminding me that he's the shepherd. He's helping. And it's, I just, I just, as I read this and as I thought about this, I think the thing that breaks my heart is this thinking of uh, uh, in today's world, in today's culture, is, is that we've got to be fed. And, and I just, I just want to lovingly say this, that it's, that it's not the pastor's staff, small group leader's job uh, uh, to feed people we're called to equip. Now, we're here to help you feed yourself. We're here to equip you, to, uh, to teach you, to walk with you, to show you. Uh, but but, but, but the, the calling on our life, it's, it's not professionals and everybody else, JV and varsity. That, that's not the picture that you see in scripture. Everybody's invited to be a part of the team. Everybody has a role to play. And everybody in the room is as far along in your relationship with the Lord as you want to be. You've got the same resources, the same opportunities, the same abilities as me. Like I've got ADD, y'all. The fact that I can get through a sermon in an hour and a half is an act of God. You laugh because you know it's true. I mean, it's funny. Like, like I'll, I'll just like these are my notes. They're color coded, pink and blue, and yellow reminds me that that's something important you might want to say, Scott. the The fact that so don't tell me that you can't. Don't tell me that you're not educated enough or that you don't know enough. Like, like I'm, I'm some hick from West Virginia, y'all. You know that? You've been any time around me, you know that and see that? Like, I'm from the hills, yo. And I'm not talking about like the hills, of like West Virginia, like we're deep where I'm from. And, and it blows my mind that God's called me to this and allows me to do this. But what I've learned is this, is that you have the heart and the passion and the desire to get close to and walk with. He'll give you what you need. Probably the problem is we're just not eating on the right things. We're not feasting on the right things. It, it's kind of like our kids at bedtime with sugary snacks. Or at dinner time, right before dinner time, wanting the sugary snacks. We want the candy bars, we want the chocolate, we want the junk. And then when it comes time for dinner and the good stuff, we don't want that. Why? Because we've, we've filled up on stuff that's not good for us. And I just believe that's, that's what's happened. What, what, what I know to be true and what I've learned and what I've seen is this, is that we are the most blessed generations to ever live with the amount of resources and access to God's Word but I fear this just caused us to be the most ignorant generation as a result of. I'll just let somebody else tell us. I'll just let somebody else put a thing out there. I'll let somebody else read it for me. I'll let somebody else do it for me. We have so much church, but we are so easily entertained and content in the pleasures and enjoyment of everything else but the Word of God. And what he's saying is that we've got to find pleasure and enjoyment in God's Word. That, that's our sustenance, that's our uh, stability, that's our nourishment, that's our boldness, that, that's our everything, the word of God. Get in it, love it, learn it, chew on it, think about it all the time, day and night, day and night. And so I can remember um, I, was, I was at a conference or a service somewhere sometime and, and I'm there and, and as I'm sitting there, um, he was kind of doing the same thing, talking about the word of God and the importance and, and we're a little more... Um, maybe charismatic or kind of outspoken in the moment, a lot of amen in and kind of, yeah, brother preacher, woo, yeah, and they're just talking about it and he's, we're giving it to him and encouragement and stuff like that. And then he, then he just says, okay, okay, show of hands. Who would say you're grateful for the word of God? Everybody's hands up. Who would say that they love God's word? Everybody's hands still up. Who would say that they value God's word greatly? Everybody's, more than anything else, everybody's hands still up. Who would say, that man, you just really, really love God? Everybody's hands are still up. He's like, "Okay, who, with these hands shown, would be willing to stand up and, from memory, recite one Bible verse for every year that you've been a Christian?" Vroom. And he's like, and "I'm not talking about like the John three sixteen or Jesus wept. I'm talking about your time with the Lord in this Word that you say that you love so much." Come on, right now, who's ready? You're so fired up and you're amen and you're encouraging me and God's words of great importance and you love it and you need it and you want it and you love chewing on it. Who's willing? Anybody's been saved past 10 years. Anybody, come on. You're the saints of the church. Where are you at? I don't even say 20, 30, you, you can't recite 20 to 30 verses of God's word. It's God that you say love so much that you care for so much your greatest desire you just amen his word to death but you can't even stand up and tell me from memory 20 to 30 of those verses that you say are life-giving for you that are so important to you you say you love God's word but I'd be hard-pressed to even think that you like it that's what he tells us to say with your mouth and agree with the affirmations and amens that God's word is of great importance to you and you not know it is a lie that you've believed. Because what I know, the things that I love, I spend time with and in and around and doing, the things that I love and bring me joy and enjoyment and pleasure, I want to do, I want to repeat that. I want that. I, I like enjoyment in my life. I like pleasure in my life. I want those things. And what the psalmist is telling us, that's the place to find it. Church, that's the place to go for it. God's word. Why? Because it's his heart. It's his nature. It's his character. This is what 2 Timothy 3.16. Look, it says, all scripture is breathed out by God. All scripture. The, the we have God got God's breath in our hands. This book is not just some book to sit on the shelf and collect dust. It's not just some novel that we read. It's not just some history book that we look at. It's breathed out by God is what what, uh, Paul tells young Timothy there in 2 Timothy. All Scripture is breathed out by God. You want to know God's heart, his nature, his character, his thoughts about you, his thoughts, the things that we should do, his standards? Here it is. Here it is. All scriptures be that with God. It's profitable for. So, this is what it does. This is the profit of it. It's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training what? In righteousness, is what he says. He says that the man of God, the woman of God, the people of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Maybe the reason why you're not blessed is because you're not in the Word. Maybe you don't feel blessed. Maybe you're not seeing the blessing of any circumstance and situation you go through. Is maybe because you don't have the right perspective. Maybe because you've listened to the world too long, or, or your your feed on your phone has been too too uh, too loud, or or too prevalent in your life, or 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 the newspapers, or the whatever it is that you look to and turn to. Because what the psalmist tells us here—that was his delight, and he meditated. He didn't just read it in the morning. And think about it for a second and move on and never remember it again. He meditated on it day and night. He chewed on that thing because he enjoyed it and he loved it. He wanted it. I, 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 like, I don't know about you, but, but, but whatever it is that you love, you can't wait to get back out there and do it again. Whatever you enjoy and brings you, you want to do it again and again and again because you love that. And that's what the word of God should be for us, in us. It's God speaking. It's his heart, his nature. It's who he is. And then look at verse 3 right here with me. The the psalmist, what he's going to say about the one that delights uh, and and meditates on God's word, he says this, he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither, and all that he does prospers. What he's saying is it's a person stable. A tree planted by water. Where does it get it? It gets its sustenance, it gets its nutrients from that stream, and so it's strong, and it's it's rooted in deep, stable, it's well-nourished, it's fruitful, it's healthy, it's growing. And so so prosperous goes back to that thought of being blessed, that joy because of who we are in Christ. Whatever news comes, I'm like, okay, cool. I've got Christ and I've got the Lord and and I'm walking with him and he's my shepherd. I don't have anything to worry about. It may be uncomfortable in this moment. I may not like it in this moment. He may be trying to work and do something greater in me. And my perspective is this. I I know his heart and I know his thoughts toward me. I know what this verse says. I'm just going to dive in harder. Okay, bring it, whatever. Whatever's going on, whatever's happening, Okay. I'm going to walk in and trust that God's got this because I've seen it over and over and over. I'm delighting in his word. I'm delighting in who he is. And then look at the contrast here in verse four. It says, the wicked are not so, but, but they are like chaff that have, the wind drives away. It's just a complete contrast of, of the man or, or woman that's rooted and found in Jesus. And so what this is, is a picture from harvest time for, for what's unstainable without value and it's worthy only to be done away with. That's what he's saying. The wicked, they're not like that. But they're like the the chaff that the wind just drives away, blows here and there. It's useless. It's of no good. There's no harvest in that. It's not good for anything. Verse 5, he says, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. He says that God attends to and provides That's what he's saying. He's aware of and he's working on our behalf for our good and for his glory. That's the Lord knows the way of the righteous. He's aware of. He knows. He says, but the way of the wicked will perish. And so this can refer to ultimate destruction or just the frustration and their plans, their hopes for their plans. And so the cry of the psalmist this morning as the band comes back up is for us to delight in God's word, to meditate on it day and night. To delight in God's word. So, so as a close, two thoughts for us. One, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Glad you're here. How cool and how awesome would it be that if the driving force in our kids' life came from dad, not a preacher, not a pastor, not a church, not a mom, not a grandmother, not a like for, for me growing up. Um, for me growing up, it was my grandma, my grandma Sarah, who lived next door. Like like like. She was so close that I could fling the screen door open and I could make it to her house before it shut. Now, I had it set on like the, the slowest shutting setting, but no, but really like she was, she was 10 to 15 yards away from that. that. I can remember going up in her house and she would always do two things for me, cook me and get me whatever I wanted to eat. So I wore husky pants growing up in elementary school. Um, and then she would always give me something from the scriptures. Always give me something from the word of God. She, she would always give me a thought that she read that morning. She would always set me down and open up the Bible and say, hey, look, Scott, listen to this for a minute, I Just listen to this. And she would read over me what God's Word said. And, and as I thought about and I read, read this week and studied this week and prayed this week and just felt conviction in my own life this week of God, what, what can I do better? I Man, how cool and how awesome would it be for us dads in the room? I mean, the reality is this. Like, like we're called as men to be the spiritual leaders of the home. So whether you like it or not, the default of you being a guy, a man, you are called to be the leader. You are called to be the spiritual juggernaut and the force driving the home as it pertains to the, to the word of God and to the spiritual happenings uh, and following of the Lord. We're called to, but I don't care what schooling you've had or haven't I don't care what example you've had in your life or haven't had in your life. It's not going to stand that day you stand before the Lord. Oh, that's right, Scott. You did. Your grandmother did it. Okay, you're excused. Next. No, no, it didn't work that way. He's like, I've outlined it in my word. Why have you not been in my word? Why have you not dove in? Why have you not looked for and, and chased at you, You've chased everything else how to hit a golf ball, how to shoot a basketball, how to do this better, how to change a compressor on your freezer 10, 50 years ago. I mean, he's, he's like, what? You, you could YouTube that stuff, but you couldn't YouTube how to get in God's word, my word. It's just, it's not going to fly. And so my thought would be, for Father's Day, would it not be awesome if the men of this church, the dads of this church, that, that for us we were marked by and known for our unquenchable desire for God and his word. If, if that, that day at your funeral, your kids stand up oh, let me tell you about my dad. We did nothing before he told me something about his word. The car, like, I can remember my kids being so set on you don't have your seatbelt buckled, we can't go. You, got, you don't have your seat, we, we can't move the car. I mean, I mean, how cool would it be Is that no, we can't go out of the house down until he tells the verse? No, no, you got to read. What if we started setting the standard like that? No, no, God's Word is of that important, that value. It means that much. So, so for me, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, for me this week, what I've done is every time we've gotten in the car, we're memorizing the 23rd Psalm. And Brother's like, Dad, we've done that here. I know that one. And he starts to go at it, and he's kind of doing it, and, and Bennett's joining in the back, and they're, they're doing it, and it's kind of like, okay, like, I think he did like verse two here, and then maybe there was verse four there, and then he jumped back to verse three, and then he, uh, okay, buddy, yeah, that's good. But let's just do it, let's do it this way. Ah, oh, but Dad. I said, No, 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 no. Let's do, just do it with me, guys. The Lord is my shepherd. And then he continued, No, 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 uh-uh. I don't, don't want to go past that. So Monday, all we memorized was, was Psalm 23, 1a. The Lord is my shepherd. And I didn't just stop there. Okay, was like, okay, guys, who, who, who is the Lord? What's God? Okay, what, what, what's that mean? We talked about guys. I so what, what's a shepherd? What do you know about a shepherd? Like we are, Bennett's kind of poor, probably more of our like farm boy, but, but um, like I've been around it enough to know and I'm dangerous that way. Ooh, watch out. But um, so I'm like, what does a shepherd do? We begin to talk about a shepherd. We begin to just kind of flesh that out a little bit, fill that out a little bit. And then I taught it. okay, so, so it says that the Lord is my shepherd. What does that mean, that God be our shepherd? So it's not just this it. Okay, I did it to my boys. They memorized it. Woo-hoo, they memorized it, but they don't have a clue what it means. And so every time we got in a car to go somewhere this week, 23-1, what's it say? And we finally got all of verse 1. All right, let's do verse 2, Dad, let's go. No, 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 that's next week. We'll get to it next week. I just want us to think about Psalm 23-1 all week as often as we can. I want you to think about God being your shepherd. I want you to think about when you're in that moment that he is your shepherd and he cares and he is protecting and guarding and there's nothing that you'll ever need because he's everything that you'll ever need. As long as you have him. I mean, how cool would it be if, if us, if that was it we made our kids, kids aware of, that we had our word. Like I think of my grandmother and it was always there by her side table, that Bible worn slap out. Man, if, that, if we were known for that, if we had the copy of God's Word next to us, reading it just there, they walk in and see us in it. They, they, they go to bed and they see us in it. If it was just it was ever present before them. And then my second thought is this. What about every person in the room that's a believer? Not just limited to dad. But what about every one of us that takes the name of Christ that's born again? What if we would be marked by and known for our unquenchable desire for God and His Word? May others be aware of and see that desire in us, reading it, thinking about it, talk, that we look like crazy people walking around sometimes. We're just constantly having it before us, constantly talking about it. it like we're just murmuring out of our minds. Every one of us, not just dads, not just men, but every one of us all knows this, is that if there's not a desire, there's a reason. Either you're not his because when you're his, you're going to desire the things of him and who he is and what he's given us. So maybe you're not his, but but if, if that's not the case, then maybe there's sin there. And then what you do is you feel the conviction, you repent, you run to the Lord, you, you ask him to break your heart over it. God, give me a greater desire, give me a greater longing, a greater yearning for it. And then you just pick the thing up and start. Just do, Psalm 23, 1, that's it. That's all we've covered this week. All I've talked about with my boys this week. That's been it. Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Test him, find Bennett here in a minute, ask him. Now, now my, my almost three-year-old, he isn't quite there yet, but Brody, he's sitting here in the service. Ask him. They will rat that out in a minute, trust me. They would love to, but they can't. And I don't want it just to be, okay, well, we had Psalm 1 coming up, and it's Father's Day, let's give him a cool little illustration. Now, I want this to be, I want this to be the driving force in my life. So, so I need people, hey, have you read with your boys this week? What, what, what verse are you memorizing this week? What are you putting in your heart? How are you murmuring like a crazy man this week? Like, I want that accountability. I want that on me. So I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't want God's pressed on your heart, what he said to you. Happy Father's Day, but you be obedient. If there's conviction, you come repent and you run after. But, but man, I just I beg of you pick up the book, read it, see what God does. It, it will change your life. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Father, help us this morning to hear from you, to be obedient, to... To what you've called us to, to be obedient to what we've read this morning, what we see in your Word this morning, Father, just thank you for your Word. It's such a valuable gift, as it reveals your heart, your nature, and character. Father, forgive me of the sin of my life of being complacent with and around it, not desiring or longing for it, not letting it be a delight, something that brings pleasure and enjoyment. Oh God, that you would break my heart for greater desire for you and your word. And I pray that for the men and women in this room. Move like only you can. Let me pray. Amen. If you'd stand, they're going to lead us. If you're going to come pray. Jimmy's here. I'll be here. Anything that we can do to encourage you, know that we're here. On
1: the day that surrender to the mighty cross of Jesus Christ. The earth would shake beneath the weight of darkness. His love was shown for all to see of resurrection floods the night as hope reveals to shine salvation waves our chains to
2: break
0: Thank you guys so much for being here this morning. Happy Father's Day. A couple things real quick as we close. Uh, One, the alarm going off, I don't wake up at 10.38 usually. Um, I was just using it as an illustration, as a reminder. Like you can even set reminders on your phone, uh, different things like that to remind you, hey man, I need, what's going on? Oh, that's right, I need to be in God's Word. I need to look at, what did I read this morning? What did I think of this morning? There's all kinds of little... Ways that we can do that and have it before us. Um, uh, another thing is this. Uh, for Mother's Day, we give you lotions and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't think us guys wanted it. Um, maybe. No, I'm just joking. Um, so we got you a sweet uh, tiger card with sunglasses and wings and a unicorn horn. Um, and it says, happy Father's Day from new life to one lucky father in the room. And there's some sweet gift cards in there for you to enjoy, um, like for manly stuff at Lowe's, or whatever, stuff like that. Um, there's some opportunities to get some steaks, things like that. But anyways, um, so if you have your card, that number is going to be 5707. The ticket is 5707. Um, and so if you have that number, you win 5707. Some sweet stuff. We just want to say thank you again That's for a- being here. Um, dads, we love you. We are grateful for you. 5707. And then um, uh, the youth going on the trip uh, tomorrow, if you guys would come down, we just want to close and pray with you. Um, There it is. We just want to close and pray with with the youth going on the trip. So if you guys would come down, we just want to pray over you guys real quick as we we close out (coughs) any leaders and things like that too. Um, Come on down. Um, So this is the crew that we're sending to Charleston Southern uh, for camp. Um, So we are excited. And you guys go and learn and meet with the Lord and grow, you hear all right, cool. I'm gonna pray for us, close us out. Five, seven, oh, seven. Any, any takers this morning? You're just embarrassed, like ah. What it's, do do? it's me. It's a, it's a tiger. I don't accept. Ah, uh, that's right. I can. I'll draw. Any anybody else? I'll draw a chicken on. I'll keep it for you. Don't okay, worry. Thanks, um, awesome. Blake. I wanna set your tiger card there. Awesome. I want to pray pray for these guys. Uh, You guys join me. Have a great day. Happy Father's Day. We love you. If we can do anything to serve you, please do not hesitate to let us know we are grateful that you are here. Father, we love you. We thank you so much, God. uh, This crew is going to be going next uh, tomorrow. Father, we pray that you just give them safe travel, God, that you would just uh, use this time in their life to shape them and mold them all the more. Uh, Father, just pray, God, that they would have a good trip, that they would learn and grow. Uh, it's so much in you, Father. I, I just uh, the excitement that'll be, and the things that they'll get to do and be a part of. Father, I pray that it just sticks with them forever, and just starts, uh, just continues to lay that foundation in their life of shaping them and molding them. Father, if there be one that don't know you as Lord, God, that you'd reveal that. Um, and that you'd save them. And so, Father, I, just, I thank you for them. I thank you for this opportunity. God, I pray for these leaders that's going to go with them. pray that you use them, bless them. Father, thank you for them and taking time out of, of their, their summer schedule to go and invest in these, these kids. I just, I'm so grateful for and excited to see what you're going to do as a result of. And Father, thank you for your word. God, God, my prayer, my desire, my heart, for me, first and foremost, God, that it would be something that I enjoy and get great pleasure out of. Father, may, may my desire and longing for your word be great. God, I pray that for the men and women in this room. God, God, do work in our heart. Draw us, I pray. We thank you, we praise you, and we pray. Amen. You guys have a great week.